The Fanny Mechanic Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep and open up about women's health. Hello and welcome everyone to The Fanny Mechanic Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash. And this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, Global Leaders in Fertility and IVF. In this episode, we dive into 100 ways to relax. We go deep with naturopath Jennifer Ward, who opens up her list of ways to relax that she curated using suggestions made by her clients. We go through 50 suggestions, and in the next episode, we go through the second 50 with naturopath and nutritionist Brooke Schiller, who works with Jennifer at Hauser Health. A little bit about Jennifer Ward. She is a senior naturopath and owner of Hauser Health is trained in herbal medicine, nutritional medicine, health and lifestyle coaching, and is currently completing a master's of reproductive medicine. Her passion lies in reproductive health. The journey to becoming a first-time mother is an exciting and often overwhelming time, and Jennifer provides support and guidance through the journey from deciding to start trying to all the way into the fourth trimester. She works with each patient and their healthcare team, including GPs, midwives, obstetricians, doulas, and acupuncturists. Jennifer's journey to naturopathic fertility care began when she started to plan for her first child, Lily. Through her own positive experience, she was able to better understand the journey to motherhood each step of the way, which she is now fortunate to pass on to her patients. Her journey inspired further studies into reproductive medicine, which is assisting her to bridge the gap between the world of medicine and alternative therapies. Jennifer finds it most rewarding when her patients speak positively about their pregnancy experience and carry on that vitality into the fourth trimester and beyond. I hope you enjoy our chat. Morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Tash. Nice to speak with you again. Always good to speak with you. I always love what you um, have to say. And and today's one is an important topic, I think, because of the fact that the world's been super stressed. Um, since last year, and on your uh, House of Health page, you've got a blog that you published from what I can see in March um, of last year, two thousand and twenty. Yeah, and and the, and it's it's its title is hundred ways to relax," brought to you by our patients. And that list actually came about uh, last year in response to so many people not understanding or connecting with the ways that relax them. And I thought, gosh, you know, we need to get them connecting back with what they did when they were children or what they did when they were on, you know, perhaps uni break or holiday and and get them really enjoying their spare time and perhaps away from those distractions like the Netflix and sitting on the phone, which, Mm. you know, we all, including myself, have a tendency to do at times. The number one, uh, well, actually, it's interesting. How did you figure out what to put from one to 100? Well, look, I didn't do it in any particular order. I just kind of went from perhaps what was prominent on that day. I might have had a conversation about, you know, long showers or Epsom salts. And I just let that list flow. I obviously referenced my patients, but also my other practitioners' patients. So it was actually a really fun conversation between us all in coming up with um, more and more recommendations that came out of our correspondence with our patients. So no particular order, and there might be some that are at the bottom of the list that you resonate with more than the top. Mm. So number one is run an Epsom salt bath. Mm. 
think that's a goodie that we often forget about or don't have time for. Uh, but there's just so many benefits, you know, jumping in water, warm water, then the addition of the Epsom salts. It's really soothing. I don't know if that's something you do often. I don't enough. I couldn't do it in, in, in the summer, though. It's a real winter thing for me, I think. I'm the opposite. I think I need the temperature outside the water to be warm enough so I'm inclined to jump in, whereas in winter I just worry that I'm going to get too cold where the water's not touching me or when I get out. So it's interesting we're different there. Second one is have a long shower. I think this is such a great accessible one. We all shower each day and we often have a bit of guilt around having a long shower. I don't want to waste water. But on the odd occasion, it's actually very therapeutic and a really nice way to disconnect from a long day of parenting or a long morning of parenting or, you know, a long day of work. I think that's just such an easy, low barrier to entry one that I just love. Yeah, I often, if I'm having a shower and I've had a bad day or a hard day, I imagine that the water is just cleansing me of whatever energy went through that day. So I can relate to yeah. that one. I mean, but, there's a whole field of hydrotherapy mm. um, and there's something in that. We all know when we jump in the ocean, we feel better. So I think jumping into water or having access to it is is really quite powerful. And then some people finish a shower off with uh, just cold water, uh, which mm. is quite a, a common thing to do. And I've, I've tried to do it a few times and it is invigorating. It does kind of wake you up, especially mm-hmm. if you do it in the mornings. I don't think you'd want to do it in yeah. the evenings, but maybe in the mornings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thirdly is meditate. That's a big one. It, it's such a big one and we all struggle with it and we come to it and go from it. Um, I think the key with meditation is just to sit yourself, not to put too much pressure on you, but that is probably the best recommendation if you're time poor because two minutes can be, you know, day changing. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? If people think that they need to dedicate an hour to meditation, whereas in mm-hmm. fact it can be just a, a, you know, a few minutes here and there. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. big one. A whole podcast of it on its own. Um, mm-hmm. Number four is read a book. And this one is from probably my favorite way to relax is reading books. So, yeah, I can totally get get into this one. How about you? You're good at it. I I come and go from books. I get really passionate and then I'll drop it halfway. Um, I, I always want to be a reader. I'm very envious of readers. But it just doesn't seem to be something I can be consistent with. However, audio books are working for me. So I might have to go down that path. Yeah, a lot of people love audiobooks. It's it's still a good way to read a book. Mm, mm. Yeah, you're getting the information in just in a very different way. Mm. But I don't know if the page-turning process and all mm. of that adds to the relaxation part mm. of the um, the reading. But then again, apparently, you know, if you listen to Michelle Obama's book, she actually mm. reads on audio Apparently, her voice is very relaxing. So, mm, yeah, can, that's it. Mm. I mean, you can have one audio book with a really dry 
uh, narrator um, versus one like that where you're really engaged. So maybe you just go by recommendations, which is better. Mm. Fifth point here on the list is make a cup of tea. Now, we know you love your tea. Mm. (laughs) That is a daily ritual for me. I can't start, finish, get through the day without it. Um, and a range of teas. I just love it for its therapeutic effects. It makes me stop and reflect for a minute and it tastes great. So that's, yeah, that's a big one. I always tell people to couple that one with sitting in the sun mm. and that's a really nice combo. Yeah, because sitting in the sun is number seven that we've got oh, on look, the list here. Yeah, <laughs> jumping a few ahead. City. Beautiful. Um, number six is enjoy tech-free time. Mm. Which, uh, How do you find your patience <laughs> are with this? It's a huge struggle for mine. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then seeing how youngsters now have, uh, inverted commas, embraced tech, you kind of think, oh, goodness, this is this is what they need. This is a, a list that they need because uh, mm-hmm. I think often they just go to tech straight away. Um, mm. So, yes, enjoying tech-free time is a big one. Sitting in the sun, number seven. And then number eight, give yourself a home manicure. Mm, a very good lockdown recommendation too. <laughs> I think um, a lot of women resonate with that one and they go, oh, I used to do that and now I don't. And I mm. say to them, it's a really good one because your nails end up being a state of how busy you are. So if you look down at your nails and they're ratty and, you know, they need some new paint, then perhaps you've had a busy week or two and forgotten about them. So it's a nice visual representation for them of, okay, I need to slow down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you see people biting their nails or their, their nails kind of right down to the cuticle, you think, mm. well, there's a lot of stress and anxiety going on there. Right. Mm, uh, looking true. at nails, I remember when we were training in med school, we always had mm. to um, look at people's nails uh, to start mm. off with, and I don't, think, I don't think we do that very much anymore. But the, mm. um, the, the hands tell us a lot. Uh, number nine: Let your skin soak up a face mask. Mm, a lovely edible beauty natural face mask with some beautiful aromas and making you stop, you know, and, and sit for a few hours or not hours, minutes. That's a good one. I do that. I'm not sure about you, but that's a big one for me. No, I've not ever made a face mask, I don't think. Uh, but I know you can. You can make some nice ones with honey, avocado. Uh, but mm. the edible is a, is a great idea. Excellent. Mm. Um, number 10 is nourish your hair with a hair mask. Not one I do, but a lot of patients do it. And at the same time as the face mask. So you get in there for a whole beauty afternoon. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, I wonder what they put in hair masks. Rosemary, I don't know, nice essential oils, mm. maybe. Mm. Don't know. We'll have to ask a hairdresser. Mm. <laughs> um, number eleven, brush your hair mindfully. I can, yeah, I've been doing this lately because I got hair extensions, and um, mm. because now I have hair extensions, I have to brush my hair differently. And mm. I've found that I have to be more mindful of how I brush my hair, which has been quite nice. Good. That's a good way to remind yourself to do the mundane mindfully. Number 12 is moisturize your body. Mm. And I say mm. do it with coconut oil if you can. Do it with natural products because you mm. can because coconut oil is one of those things that you can just use everywhere really. Yeah, hey, face mask, hair mask, moisturize your body. 
um, and picking the right oil for the right season, something nice and thin. Even a coconut's pretty thin or a jojoba. Yeah, jojoba's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a a good one. And um, and it's just about showing yourself a bit of love and that certainly is. Give yourself, number 13 is give yourself a foot massage. Mm. Mm. Even just sitting there in a yoga practice or at the end of the yoga practice or meditation where you've got your legs crossed and just you know put some pressure in certain points of your foot, not when you're pregnant, can be just really nice because we forget about our feet. They just sit down there and we don't give them any love. So that's a it's a nice one and easy enough to do without any real you know knowledge of what you're meant to be doing. I love using those spiky balls that you just kind of put um, mm-hmm. down and you, your foot just rolls across it because it really pinpoints the areas that are really ouchy without mm-hmm. you having to think about it too much. And why mm-hmm. did you say not when you're pregnant? Oh, there's a, f- a few certain points on your foot that you can't have massage during pregnancy. Mm. Uh, it's an acupuncture thing, actually, mm. not so much massage, but I do remember that from my pregnancy. Is that because it can bring on labor or what? I think so. I think there's a couple spots in TCM that Mm. are known to, I think it's bring on labor, which is welcomed at 40 or 41 weeks, but not so much in the earlier stages. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Number 14, and I know you you like your yoga practice, Yoga Nidra. Mm. And Yoga Nidra is a little different to classic yoga in that it's more like a body scan meditation. And that can be really nice. I think we're all quite familiar with that lie down and scan through your body and relax it. Really nice before bed. That can be a way to just draw out all the tension from your body. Number 15 is buy a plant and tend to it daily. I do. I have a few indoor plants and I love them. They're like my mates. When I come home, I kind of look at them going, you look happy today. How is it? <laughs> Good on you because <laughs> – my plants do not so well. They're always at about 60% health. And I look at them and I think, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I really want you in my life. So we have a different relationship, me and my plants. Yeah, I think what they need is, you know, a bit of fresh air, hopefully, light, mm-hmm. food, water. They don't really need much. And um, I think mm-hmm. they do allow you to be mindful of your environment more so and obviously being mindful of where you put certain plants in your house um, mm. is important. Uh, number 16, and I love this one, infuse oils around the house. I'm a big one of, um, of you know, the uh, sticks. What are they? The incense sticks. Incense, I love yeah. incense sticks. And there's a few places in Newtown where I will venture to and, mm. and buy some. And I just love the aroma and the smell. Um, mm. And depending on my mood, I will um, burn a certain smell. Uh, what do you do? Do you infuse oils around the house? I use a brand called Anjali and I came across them when I was in a store up in the Northern Beaches years ago and I just had to stop and ask them what it was. They're the most beautiful blends I've ever smelt. Yeah. We infuse them around the studio. I infuse them around home. There's a quite a few different blends that are just brilliant, but it's just amazing how much smell can influence your mood and we Mm. think of hot foods you can smell it coming from the neighbor's house or beautiful oils when you step into your living space it can be such an easy intervention to just melt stress away and jolly how do you spell that 
A-N-J-A-L-I. Okay. You will not regret it. They've also got roll-on mm. um, star ones. So you can use them as perfume or sometimes I just put it on the back of my neck and just below my nose mm. um, for those that aren't sensitive to oils. It's a really nice one. Yeah, well, I've been uh, infusing oils in my rooms uh, for a couple of years and mm-hmm. <laughs> recently there was a, a – specimen collector from Douglas Henley Moyer who comes to pick up specimens and mm-hmm. sometimes she comes in and she goes, oh, I didn't, I just wanted to just come in just to smell your room, not to pick up any <laughs> specimens. <laughs> and, uh, and and citrus, we like to infuse citrus and mm-hmm. um, uh, that's the most popular one actually, things with lemon in them people really love, mm-hmm. they get kind of zesty about. Yes. Number 17, mindfully eat a meal, really taste the food. Mm-hmm. I always say whenever you go to a fine dining restaurant, what do you do? You stop and you savour every mouthful. Why don't we do that at home? And mm. people go, oh, yeah. And when you do, when you stop and slow down at meal time, you actually taste the food and your body actually digests the food mm. and your body actually registers, hey, I was hungry and now I'm full and I'm satisfied and I can move on compared to the obvious rushing through while you're working, not really enjoying the food, feeling indigestion afterwards, and then perhaps craving more food because you didn't really register that food that went in. I think we all need to do that and it's hard, you know, with all the screens around us and demands. It's actually hard to find 15 minutes sometimes to just stop and eat. Mm. That reminds me of when we used to be able to go overseas, um, mm-hmm. there were a few times when I've been to Michelin rated restaurants with some mates and we, you know, we gather around the table and as each meal, as each plate is presented, you know, you do, you really make the mm-hmm. effort to mindfully appreciate exactly what you're putting in your mouth. And I don't know if it's because you're paying a lot of money for these meals, <laughs> um, but every experience I've had like that has always been very memorable. And mm. uh, you're right, maybe we should ju- we should make it an everyday thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Number 18, go for a walk without your phone. When was the last time you did that, Jen? Look, we've been trying to do this a lot lately. One of us will have a phone, so we're kind of half doing it because we think, okay, safety, we've got our daughter with us. But it's really liberating just walking out with nothing but a key, you know. You think, oh, I'm missing something, you Mm. know, where is my, oh, no, don't need the phone. Mm. And then you find yourself looking around more and engaging with people more and having that tech-free time that you need. Uh, That one's a a really powerful one just to show people perhaps how connected they are to technology is give them half an hour without it. Which mindfully segues into number 19, which is have a meaningful conversation. So I can imagine if you're not with your phone and you're talking, Mm. you're walking with someone, you might be able to have a more meaningful conversation. Mm. And that's a really powerful one to get you out of a certain headspace. You jump on the phone with family or a friend and you laugh and you speak about different topics and you just forget about whatever was stressing you and sometimes that can just show you how trivial the stress was, other times not, but it can be a really nice one to just shift your mindset. And number 20 is write someone a letter. <laughs> Who does that these days? I'm not sure. Gosh, it's good. And, it and receiving a letter is even better. Isn't it? I remember when I was a kid I used to have pen pals and uh, – mm-hmm 
you know, I just remember going into so much effort to make the letter really colourful and mm-hmm. and I, 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 I try and um, do as much writing as I can rather than be on my computer because of mm-hmm. that. That, that action of holding a pencil in your hand and writing, I feel is so much more therapeutic than typing. Um, mm, but, uh, and stationary, you know, all that beautiful yes. stationary that exists out there. What's happening with all that stationary? I yes. wonder. Number it's 21. One. Sorry, what mm. were you saying? I was just going to say, it's also good to teach people to write for themselves as mm. well. I think, you know, people are hesitant to pick up a pen and paper and, and write journaling type of Mm. um, dialogue so it's a good one pick up a pen number 21 dance around the living room are you dancing actually your daughter's not old enough yet to be or is she dancing no she's not she's not is she walking your daughter lily lily's dancing oh good she's up she's dancing i'm not usually a dancer around the living room and she's made me one and i love it (laughs) we all get up after dinner and jump around and and it's so nice to move your body and it's amazing how many of my patients do this when i you know ask the questions over the years so many people said i just turn up some music and dance yeah (laughs) i think that's great Mm. And number 22 is listen to a whole al- album start to finish, which you could do dancing mm. around in your living room. Mm. Yeah. That that reminds me of being about 16 and a new album came out and you're just looking forward to it for so long. You sit there and you listen to the whole thing and you absorb it. And now it's a bit of a different world. You know, we have access to so much music. We tend to just turn it on to, you know, a random playlist mm. rather than actually stopping choosing what we want to listen to and then listening to the whole experience as it connects together. Uh, that's one that I think is a, a bit of a lost art but a, a really pleasurable one, particularly if you can include it with, you know, a bit of yin yoga or a bit of incense or mm. essential oils in the evening. Yeah, I think the, the album that I've listened to the most ever from beginning to end is Madonna's Confessions. <laughs> it's one of those albums that oh yeah, I can listen from number one all the way down to the end and, and it just I just keep having it on kind of replay and it puts me in such a good mood. Great. And I do it to this day. And I'm, I sometimes I wish I, I could stop doing that because I want to explore <laughs> new music. But I just find it's 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 kind of my medicine in a way, you know. If it works, it works. Don't That's break right. the system. Yeah. Um, number 23 is watch a funny cat video on YouTube. I prefer to, I prefer to watch funny dog videos. I'm more of a dog person, but. (laughs) I think this one and the next one, people think, oh, I can't do that. You know, that's time on technology or it's wasted time. And it's all about how much time Mm. you dedicate to it. If you're sitting on your phone for three hours watching cat videos, everyone knows that feeling of fatigue. Whereas if you're having a really bad day and you just jump out of a meeting that didn't go so well and you just take five minutes, mm. make uh, watch something to make you laugh and go back into work, that can be a really nice therapeutic way to watch comedy or, or watch something sweet on your phone. It's true, isn't it? It's about what you're watching, uh, the quality of what you're watching. And yeah, I would say comedy is a lot better than maybe watching a violent I don't know, three-minute video about something. Mm. Um, good point. Very good point. Uh, number 24, We all, most of us can relate to this one, I'm sure. Have a glass of wine. 
Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. And people go, my gosh, you know, I can't be drinking. I can't have any alcohol. And I mean, it might be your personal choice not to. That's fine. But again, it's all about moderation. If you're sitting with friends and it enhances that situation or you're cooking dinner or you just really enjoy it, having one wine can just be so nice to help facilitate unwinding and relaxing. Mm, Totally agree with that one. I like my red wine especially. Mm. Number 25 is journal. So we're talking about just pen to paper Mm. to see what happens. It might be that you reflect on what you're grateful for or reflect on the day or write down your worries or what you're looking forward to. I think I see a lot of people really hesitant with this one. They, They feel that they just can't start with it, but it can be so therapeutic to get thoughts out of your head particularly before bed. Yeah, I've been keeping a a gratitude journal next to my bed. So I try and at the end of the day, write things that I've been grateful for in that day. And then the next day, what I'm looking forward to, which I find is nice. That is such a good practice. And I hope people really hear that because such a simple thing to do. And it can really set you straight in your day and help you to round off the end of the day so that stress and worries don't roll into the next day. Number 26 is enjoy yin yoga at home. And I have to say yin yoga is my favorite yoga. Oh, it's so good. Just melting into a pose. And unlike meditation where you're focused more on your mind, yin yoga allows you to focus on a sensation in your body that facilitates that same mindfulness um, response and I love that I love the feeling of getting really cozy into a yin pose and just feeling that sensation within what yogis would say fascia or your muscles and feeling it loosening as your mind loosens I just love it Mm. I think it's the best number 27 choose and play a song that suits your mood that day I think we've talked about that one uh, number 28 is a great one. I tried to do this, but I kind of lost it a little bit. Cook a new dish every week. Mm, mm, just to spice things up and um, draw your attention back to the joy of cooking. And I think that there's a bit of saturation in our options for recipes, much like music, so true. where we <laughs> get overloaded. Mm. But buy a cookbook, you know, find someone you resonate with. Um, I'll, I'll butcher the pronunciation, but Ottolenghi. I was just going to really, say, I just bought his new book. I'm jealous. I'll have to get it. The way he uses flavors is just mind-blowing. I love his food. He, I find normally uh, the other cookbooks that he's put out uh, thus far have been really quite complicated. I look at the recipes and go, I don't know if I can do that. Um, but his new one is so easy to follow and um, I'm looking forward to making a few new recipes wow. out of that one. And similarly, I love um, Jamie Oliver. I think Jamie's amazing. Like he puts together some recipes that are just so simple to follow and mm. he's got a new cookbook out as well called Together that he's dedicated mm. to the uh, National Health Service of of England and, um, you know, it's COVID-inspired almost, this this book he's written. Mm. Um, number 29 is Draw. I'm not a drawer, but many of my patients are. What about you? Um, I bought a few books from Kinokuniya, um, 
uh, about drawing written by Japanese uh, animators and artists. And <laughs> the reason why is because you look at these books and you think, oh, I can easily learn how to draw. Uh, and I've got a lot of different pencils and you name it, um, which segues into 30 paint. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that I don't easily pick up like I would a book. I just find mm. book, uh, picking up a book just a lot easier. Um, mm. And I, I do like to draw with my niece um, and do crafty things with other people, I find, whereas mm. reading is more of a solitude, yeah. uh, soul practice. I, I tell you, those patients of mine who really connect in with the arts and drawing and painting, when I bring that up with them, their face lights up. And I think for certain people, it's so therapeutic to go back to getting the water paints out or pens out or whatever they use. And it can be really powerful. So I think it's one that absolutely everyone can do. I mean, you know, no one's saying that we can't paint mm. or draw but for some patients I just see how therapeutic it is for them and that creative process as long as they're not too perfectionist that's the mm. one thing mm. don't make it perfect <laughs> that's very true isn't it mm. and accepting that maybe something you draw may not look anything like what you anticipated and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's good. number 31 buy blue lo- blocking lights for your home Yeah, this one I can expand on myself. There's, um, gosh, a good company that sells blue blocking lights, which essentially it's a red light. You might have heard of the blue blocking glasses Mm. that are clear. This is a little different. And what we know is that if you have too much blue light, particularly at night, it shuts off our natural processes to guide us to sleep. So the red light is mimicking, you know, let's say a sunset or, you know, the the evening and assist our body in producing melatonin and therefore assisting us in going to sleep. So if someone wants light on at night, then this is a really nice way to do it. Um, It does set, you know, quite a nice tone for the room if you're outside of your house. (laughs) It's quite a bright red light. People Mm. might wonder what you're doing. (laughs) But we actually did this for Lily when she was born. We didn't have a classic nightlight. We had a blue blocking nightlight. So when we went in, when she was up for feeds, we were assured that she wasn't getting that harsh blue light and we still use it today for her. We've got a little blue blue blocking light and, and we have one in our room that we probably don't use as much anymore, but certainly use for, for Lily's sleep. That's great. That's a great um, idea. I want to look into that. Um, number 32, read poetry. Mm. I do like poetry. It, it's, there's a beauty to it. Um, there's the, is it Hakashu? I butchered that. The Japanese poetry. Mm. Mm. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Haiku? But it's just beautiful. Hiroku, is that what it is? Haiku? That's it. That's it. They're quite pleasant to read, nice and short. I think that's a nice one. Yeah, and uh, mm, I'm just trying to look it up. But, yeah, no, that's fine. I think I'm pretty sure it's haiku. (laughs) Uh, Next one is 33, go to an open mic night. Hmm, something different. Yeah. Connects us in with what we know. We all love music. Have you been to one? 
Open mic nights, aren't they like when people can get up and randomly go on about anything comedic that makes them laugh? Well, yeah, I suppose it could be any context. Mm. Open mic could be poetry, it could be comedy, it could be music. So I think that's that's good. It's kind of open to interpretation. I mm. have it in my mind. Of yeah, music. Right. yeah, well, now hopefully soonish we'll be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. Number 34, people watch. Yeah, that's always <laughs> a good one. We all do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, whether we intend to or not, you know. Mm. Number 35, clean your, your living spaces. Almost sounds a bit Marie kondo wasn't it? Mm, mm. Cleaning can be therapeutic in, for people. I think it's all in how we do it. Mm. If you're stressed and rushing and hating on the job you're doing, it's going to stress you out more. But if you just think of it as a simple task that provides you then with a clear and clean space, it can be very therapeutic. And I know a lot of my patients will use this to relax and unwind. And it's it's de-stressing to be in a clear, clean space. Mm. So I think that one's quite powerful. Number 36, play a board game. I'm not a huge board game player. Um, again, I'll, I'll play a board game with my niece if she wants me to, but other than that, I never really had the desire for board games. Mm. I always recommend it if people want to cut down on TV time because mm. there's often one to two hours in the evening where people just go, boom, TV on. I watch this till I go to bed. And if I say to them, turn the TV off, they don't really know what to do. Mm. This is a nice one. Just get out a game you're familiar with. Maybe it's Uno or perhaps not Monopoly. That can be a bit Uno's stressful. Uno is fun. <laughs> yeah, Monopoly, don't enjoy it at all. Although they've got different it's types stressful. of Monopoly games out there now. You know, there's Monopoly, mm. like a Harry Potter, a Monopoly, I think. Is it mm. Harry Potter? Anyway, there's different types now, so it's not your standard Monopoly game anymore. Mm. We, we got into board games a couple of years ago and it's just amazing how many different options you have. And mm. You go into the store and you talk to the store owner and he recommends all these crazy new games they've got that are quite simple. So we, we've started to really enjoy that, um, particularly while I was pregnant. Are there any board games you like? This is the one that stands out. There's one called Jaipur, which I highly recommend to play a game. Uh, we take it to the park often. Jaipur. Sit down. Jaipur. It's um, it's a, a pretty simple game to pick up on and it's very travel friendly if you want to take it down to the park or, you know. How do you spell you that? Around holiday. Ooh. J-A-U-P. No, I can't spell that. Okay. I have to I have to Google that one, Jaipur. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's I was right. I I think. Okay. Let's go with that. Uh, we'll complete a puzzle. Um what am I up to? Oh, no, okay, no, sorry, thirty seven. Learn an instrument. Um mm. I tried doing this a couple of years ago, learning the electric guitar. That was fun. Great. Um, but I haven't done anything since then. And i I didn't really grow up. Um, with any, you know, musical instruments. So it was a challenge, but it was fun. Similar to the painting or drawing one. You know, Mm. if you've had that experience in your childhood, it can be really easy to get back into it. If you haven't, it can be a bit more challenging, but rewarding at the same time. Number 38 is organize your clothes, which I do say I have to do occasionally. And I love especially my, um, I have a lot of, um, 
uh, scarves and I mm-hmm. I always buy scarf if I go traveling somewhere and whenever I organize them, I go back to those places where I purchased the scarf. So that's something I like to do. Wow. Yeah, there's just so much more meaning in that piece of clothing and then that I think helps for you to look after it more and organize it. Mm. And so that can be a whole conversation on you know, what does your fashion mean to you and what do your clothes mean to you and where did you get it and do you care about the environmental aspects of it or, you know, what's important for you? And if you connect in with fashion in that deeper way, it facilitates, you know, you to then organise and clean and take care of Mm. the clothes, which can be therapeutic in and of itself. Number 39 is complete a puzzle. Are you a puzzler? I am absolutely addicted to puzzles. I completed probably more than a month in a year in, what, 2020, 2019. And then when I had Lily, I thought, gosh, she'll pick up a piece and she'll swallow it. So I'm actually giving away a lot of my puzzles if anyone's interested. I've Mm. passed them on to a lot of friends. I love the idea that it has a solution. Oh, so I'm a, I'm a big puzzler. How so about you? So do you take a photo after each puzzle completion? Oh, look, I mean, I might, send your it puzzles? Through, I might send it through to a friend or a family member, but, you know, it's, mm. I mean, you kind of want to acknowledge it in a way. I'll probably run around the house telling my partner I've finished. Mm. But it's similar to the, I think it's, again, Zen Buddhists, and they have a lot of practices where they will create um, an amazing piece of art with sand, mm. and then just um, then just destroy it, a rake and destroy it. Yeah, and, right. and it kind of reminds me of that when I do a puzzle. Is you know letting go and and destroying the puzzle at the end is quite um, quite similar to their Buddhist principles. That's interesting. Do you mm. keep a um a how do you keep your puzzle as you're building it? Do you have a, a designated uh, table? Or do you have one of those folding mats? What do you do? I mean, the folding mat's the most practical, but I usually just take over the dining table. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to come and go from it. And what's the biggest piece puzzle you've made? Oh, look, I generally stick around the 10,000, but it's more that 10, you can 000, find 10,000 ones. Uh, I mean, not 10,000, sorry, 1,000. Gosh, 10,000 would be a lot. <laughs> it's, it's the complexity of the picture, though, mm. that really gets you. Oh, okay. Mm. Number 40 is call a friend. Yes, be mindful of the friend that you call, though, not someone that's going to stress you out. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a big one. I think we probably don't call enough for all texting, mm. but um, that can be very therapeutic, as the next one can be. Calling your mum. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that <laughs> one. Number 42 is gaze into your partner or a friend's eye for a minute. Mm. Very intense, but it helps us to connect. That's right. Yep. Mm. Number 43, stretch, which I haven't mm. been doing very much of lately, and I'm feeling it. Mm. Mm. Before bed, couple stretches, bit of yin, beautiful. Number 44, do something nice for a stranger. Very simple to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot when I drive, when people are crossing the road mm. where it's safe enough. I'll stop and I'll let them go past and their smile is my reward. And that's something I've been conscious to do Interesting. to take me out of my head a little bit. Yeah, or even holding the door for someone when you can see yeah. someone coming and they're not running, they're just taking their time to get to where you are and then you're still holding the door. I find that is a very easy thing to do. 
Mm, um, 45, bake a cake. Oh, mm. I've totally gotten into baking cakes and I've gotten into bunt, you know, the bunt pans. Um, I don't know the bunt pans. Oh, it's a, it's a very kind of classic shaped cake where there's a hole in the middle. And oh, uh, yeah, I've yeah, um, bought a few of those bunt cake pans that have really elaborate designs. And oh, anyway, I just great. need to get baking now. Um, do, do you like, do you have a favorite cake? I'm not a baker because I cook without recipes. So you oh, put wow. a Good on you. baking recipe in front of, well, you know, most of the time. I think baking can be pretty unforgiving if you get the recipe wrong. Yeah. You can ruin a whole meal, That's whereas so true. you, you know, change a few things up in uh, a dinner recipe it doesn't matter so much but gosh I love the art of it and I love it when someone bakes a cake and brings it to a party or Mm. brings it to dinner it's just so much more love in that than a store-bought cake so true and Mm. there are so many amazing cake books out there Mm. Uh, that's what I love about baking because (laughs) I love following recipes to the T like to exact Mm. you know I love measuring out grams and Mm I love my kitchen, a KitchenAid and, and all the utensils that go with it and the science of baking. I just love it. Uh, I have to say I prefer baking to actually cooking food. Um, yeah, you've yeah. got to get back in the kitchen. No, got to get Do back some in more the baking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 46, gaze at the clouds. And I really got into gazing at the clouds. I remember I was on a trip a couple of years ago, no, I was in Spain and I was driving around Spain with a mate and her and her husband and I was in the back seat. And I remember looking up at the clouds going, oh, wow, the clouds are different in Spain. And I'm like, of course they're not mm. different in Spain. You're just appreciating it a bit more. And I downloaded an app called a cloud spotting app. And you basically start to learn about clouds and, and what they mean. And on this app, you could share your photos and people would comment on your cloud photos. Wow. Um, and uh, I just love, love the clouds. Wow, that's great. That's, and, it, and it often does take us a holiday to appreciate these things that are always there. I think what I like about this one is that the sky is always there. You know, there may not be as many clouds or any at all. There might be lots, but it's accessible. You can always go outside and look up. Mm. And it's just, I don't know. Actually, I remember reading a study years ago saying that it relaxes our eyes to look at things that are far away. Mm. So looking out to the ocean or up to the sky I don't know the science behind it, but we'll relax our eye compared to always looking at things really close like mm. a computer. 47, walk barefoot on the sand. Haven't done mm. that for a while. I've just moved to the northern beaches and it's more socially acceptable to walk around barefoot here and I've been really enjoying that one, feeling sand, feeling grass, feeling concrete, being able to walk around barefoot. Um, for me is a big one because I did a lot of that when I was a child. And unfortunately, when I was living closer to the city, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And I should have, you know, who cares? Mm. It's just barefoot. Um, that one is a big one. Just even when you're at the park with friends, you know, take your shoes off and enjoy the picnic without your shoes on. What about you? How do you find that one? Yeah, I love the sand. I mean, Mm. Walking's good because you can actually watch where you're going. But uh, when I was doing some running 
couple of years ago, one of um, my running coach at the time who, uh, who runs part of the boobs on the run, um, running club, she was running along the beach, I think barefoot and skewered something into her foot and she couldn't run for ages. Um, so I think walking I can do, but not the running. Cause I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to see something that's going to injure my foot, but that's just me just being too kind of, I don't know, uptight about it. Maybe, yeah. uh, similarly with, um, walking barefoot on the grass, um, if it's kind of grass in your backyard, yeah, but grass elsewhere, I'm like, oh, what could be in this grass? Mm, mm, <laughs> Which that's is number a good 48. Point. Yeah. Time and a place. Mm. Number 49, watching the dogs play at the park. I have to say, I love watching dogs play at the park. I love it, love it, love it. One of my favorite Isn't things. It's a good one. Mm. It just changes the vibe of a whole park when you've got dogs mm. there and even babies as well, but they're just so fun and they're so cute. How could you not want to watch them? (laughs) I love it when, you know, you're watching them and you see one going up and sniffing up the other's ass and the other one's like, go away, how dare you? Go, I don't want you near my ass. Um, Number 50, which will be our last one for today, submerge yourself in the ocean. Are you an ocean swimmer? Well, look, I won't go in and do laps. But gosh, I'll submerge myself in the ocean when I have had a stressful day or a stressful week. Literally just putting your head underwater, jumping in the ocean, putting your head underwater, you come out a different person. And I don't know if it's the temperature or the salt or the water in general, but that is particularly at the moment my go-to. Just jump in the water, come back, feel refreshed. How about you? Um, again, I don't do it often enough. When I think of ocean, I think of water, I think of the Mediterranean. That's the kind of water I prefer to swim in because it's calm. I love calm. Mm. I don't like waves. I'm not into waves. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I do really like Bondi Beach. I have to say of beaches to swim in, it is for me one of my favorite beaches. And it sounds like maybe a cliche coming from a Sydney cider, but um, I do, I do love, I do love water. I probably like being near the water, but not so much in it as well, mm. maybe. Um, mm. Yeah, but that could change and this it, summer. Yeah, and it, and it just then extends the therapeutic value of the ocean. You don't mm. even need to be mm. in it. You mm. can just be looking at it and you feel relaxed. Yeah, and even just seeing the frothing of the water as the waves come in. I love seeing that froth being created and then mm. going back out. I love that. The water is very dynamic. You can look at it and it's always moving and there's always shapes and colours and textures. It's like a moving piece of art. You can just focus in, you know, almost even a midi meditation on just looking at water. It, It can just bring you so much therapeutic value. I love it. Jen, thank you so much for sharing that uh, one to 50. Um, A lot of amazing. Yeah, a lot of amazing points. I think we've made this morning. Mm. We'll go off and jump in the ocean and do some baking and read a book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do two of those three things this this weekend. (laughs) Which ones are you going to do? The baking and the book. The ocean, not yet. Not yet. Not not until (laughs) we're at a lockdown and I can travel to the eastern suburbs. Yes, that's that's one that will hinder you, absolutely. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get back into more yin yoga. That one really inspired me today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks, Tash. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Jennifer Ward. Tune into the next episode for another 50 Ways to Relax. Share this episode with someone if you think it will help or inspire them. 
please subscribe to the Funny Mechanic channel. And if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic, and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, cool people like an interview, or books for us to read and share. Until next time, stay fanny tabulous. 